This is a real part of what building cars kind of is. Dirty, <gasps> yeah. terrible work. Yeah. Sucks. It sucks. We know we got to get all the suck out of the way right away. So yes. let's get all the cutting, grinding, blasting, wax and grease remover, undercoating. Let's get that <gasps> out of the way. And then it moves. It's all good. Getting to that point and accepting that and knowing how to package the suck right away. It's tough, man. It's tough. It's yeah. hard because it's like it feels like all suck. Welcome back to another episode on Modify with Trick Factory Customs. If this is your first time watching, my name is Elvis. Tim, I'm Rob. Yes, and uh, we are a custom automotive shop based here in British Columbia, Canada. And uh, we started this podcast to talk about cars because we love talking about cars. And uh, yeah, on this episode... We're going to be close to the one-year anniversary, no? No, we're past the one-year oh, anniversary. Oh, yeah, we're beyond it. Yeah, we're like but this 62 the... episodes. Really? Yeah. <laughs> 62 <laughs> episodes, 62. an episode every week. I know, yeah. I haven't been, missed a week. It's been crazy. On this episode, we are going to be discussing custom car building. 90% suck, 10% awesome. That is a saying that uh, Tim and Rob, I've heard them say a few times, and I was like, hmm, we should probably talk about that because custom car building from 50 feet away or from 100 feet away might seem very glamorous. You're building cars and TV shows. You see them swinging hammers. Sparks are flying everywhere. It looks romantic, glorious, but... Uh, it's in awesome. reality, it's the opposite. It's awesome, unless you're the one doing it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and uh, being at the shop for about two years now, I've seen so many builds go from start to finish. And in that, it's the transition is so crazy because you start out and it's just a pile of, sometimes it's a pile of not, yeah, awesome. garbage. Yeah, not awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, I see you guys grind and soft, and it's like a whole thing, and it's like emotions run high, and you scream at the part and all of that, but you go from that to, like, a finished glorious product, and that's the appreciation part, and so we're going to dive into that today. And so, Let's with that it. said, <laughs> let us get started. And also, speaking of Christmas, you will see I'm wearing, if you're watching video, I called Black for a cowboy. cowboy kick Christmas for our staff party that we're having today. And Elvis came full send. Yeah. I Literally mean. made my whole day. <laughs> you made my day too, Aww, Elvis. So Here's to you. You got mm. a, a brown button up shirt. You got, you got, there's a little you bit got of broke vibes in there, though. <laughs> you got the Canadian tuxedo jacket, yeah. the Storm Rider yeah. on. Yeah, you know, it's and, a cold and, cowboy and, Christmas. And, Come and on. this, and this cowboy this hat you got going on America. here with, with, with yeah. American flag all over it. America. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Makes me want to go supercharge something today. I know. Well, send, it. send it. Send <laughs> it. <laughs> you feel the freedom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so, uh, what's been happening what's been going on this week we've been putting time in a bunch of our projects but mostly kind of preparation for 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 the next major push in our yeah. business so basically a big reset, reset like a huge reset in our shop plus getting kicked in the nuts every other day <laughs> not helped with momentum but. yeah that's kind of the, that's kind of leads into the 90 percent suck yeah because yeah, who wants to get kicked in the nuts yeah. like every day you look at it and you're just like Ugh. Yes. Of course, 100%. Like, why wouldn't this happen? That'd be great. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, anyways, no. not to put a damper on things, but no, no, things no. are going good. Yeah. Yeah. And a few projects are getting started back up again. The 190 with the M113 supercharged well, yeah, and V8. Because we got two of them. Yeah. yeah. That's so one's done. being finished, which has been a challenge chasing stuff for it. 
and then it's like literally days away and then the other one is little alex is deep into it so yeah an M113K and a 190E mm. just sounds like a, an amazing recipe. So and if you don't know what the M113K up. is, that's a supercharged V8 engine that came in the S55 AMGs. S55, CLS, CLS, E55. Yeah. Yes. So, like, Tim has a CLS55. What are the specs on a 113K? Like 496 horsepower and 503 foot pounds. Mm. It's a beast. Glorious. Right out of the box. Yeah. It's a monster, and it moves that big CLS really, really well. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of cars actually that have yeah. can compare. Even well, today, I mean, there, from there's a, a roll, there, there's, there's a not lot, a lot that can beat that. It's, it's Off a pretty the line, awesome it's hard car. To beat. It's a pretty awesome car. So in a 190e, which is significantly less mass, lighter, way smaller, smaller. <laughs> um, yo, That's it's going to be, be awesome. Our one customer actually committed to putting what's that supercharger? Uh, VRP speed oh, Whipple on him. So like VR, 700 and something. Dude, yeah. this thing is supposed to be good for what? 750 horsepower. Yeah. So it's oh, going to be terrifying. That's monstrous. Monstrous yeah. supercharged power. So yeah, we're looking forward to getting into. That. Turning into Mercedes specialists. I know. Right I, yeah. G it's, wagons, one ninety. It's kind of it's kind of a thing almost. Yeah, yeah. Like we we never intended for that, but it just that's became the way something. It's transitioned. Yeah, yeah. But I and, love them and Porsches too. We're doing Porsche things. Lots uh, of Porsche things. Yeah. So G wagon RSR RSR is heading car. out to ice blasting today. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's been that's been our month. Yeah, sick. And then, uh, yeah, so with that said, we're going to get started. Okay. Custom car building, 90% suck, 10% awesome. Do you guys care to expand? <laughs> <sighs> I Go don't ahead, even know Tim. where to start. Go ahead, Tim. I could say, like, car building is, like, based on, like, there's, like, several different categories of what car building represents from, like, the actual hands-on of building to so, running the business and just everything about it. Yeah, so that's what we had Customer service. Is this from a enthusiast standpoint or from like a business owner standpoint? Yeah, I think we should just cover it all. So like we talked about, like I mentioned in the in the excerpt from earlier, um, <laughs> custom car building uh, can be seen as very glamorous um, just because I feel like TV in general portrays it as such. And uh, yeah, so that's like the first part of things of there's a lot of non-reality in TV because they, for example, we've talked about this before of like how TV shows are not a are not a true showing of like reality of how, for example, on a TV show they show only sparks and they show just glamour shots and then two seconds later or like thirty minutes later you have a finished car, but it takes years. I would, I would yeah, I would say that the biggest misconception and then what's going to frustrate you the most is the timeline that you and people around you expect this to happen in. Yes. Because I would say on average, if I had to be with all of my experience, if you're going to build something ground up from nothing, it's going to take you four years. Four years? I think four years is not unreasonable for somebody at home doing everything themselves or as much of it as they can. It's going to take you four years. So I got to like, I'm just, I question like, okay, four years. Is that one car? You're only doing one vehicle? This is an enthusiast. Yeah, one yeah. person doing one car. Mm-hmm. So like you're not a professional. Like you're not, you're, you're kind of doing your thing. And you're not doing this full time. So you're not doing assuming, it full time. Oh, okay, I see. This so, is not eight hour day. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. like straight up enthusiast standpoint. If you're going to try to do something from nothing and you take your car back to a shell and are trying to build it back up, 
and you are fairly dedicated, I think it'll take you four years. I feel like that's a long time, though. It is a long time, but I'm talking a full build. Yeah, yeah. Not so just, every nut and bolt, like... Yeah, you take it back to a shell, and you want to try to build it up, and I think it's going to take you that long. By the time you get it painted, and we're talking paint, bodywork, interior, the whole thing... And if you're, doing any, if you're doing any custom things too, like if you're even like making a roll cage or all of these things. Yeah, it's just a huge amount of hours. Mm -hmm. So you break those hours down over a period. Like I would say, what did we discuss? A full car is probably 2,000 to 3,000 hours. So that's 16 hours a weekend. If you're super dedicated or a couple hours a night. You don't spend time with your family, yeah, nothing. It's, <laughs> it's going to take you a while. Yeah. Like I... So I don't know the hours. It's just math. That's a long time. And yeah, when you look at it like even a simple project, like our your whole project. It's like, why isn't it done yet? Why isn't it done I was yet? Why isn't it done yet? Talk about that. And it's like <laughs> three hours a week, man. <laughs> it's going to take a bit. Mm -hmm. And we're fairly proficient at it. So we accomplished a good amount of work in three hours a week. Yeah. And also it's not just three hours a week. It's three hours a week, but multiple people too. So imagine doing this if you're a home builder by yourself, because we like you work on it, you work on it. Um, what's it? Alex works on it. Anyone else like Spencer, I'm, if they have time or anything, but it's like it's a compilation at once. But if you and we're all doing different things. So Alex is designing, I don't know, designing like, for example, the seat brackets for the Euro hole, like Alex put in a tremendous amount of time, but then that you didn't also count in all the bending that went into it, the laser cutting, all of that stuff. That is so all if you time. had to put a value to that and we're doing it for a customer, those seat bases realistically probably be a little over $2,000. I was going to say 3000 <laughs> Alex did them pretty quick, and then the bending yeah. made it easy because that was part of the design. And then the actual laser cutting and the hard cost of the materials, yep. by the time we we're done, yeah, we're probably about $2,000. Insane. So you have to put that into your math too. Like, can you afford to do that every yep. week? Yeah. Like, we have resources available to us, so it's not, obviously not that to the expense, but it's like... Can you pace $1,000 a week, $2,000 yeah. a week? Some people can, and that's tremendous. And But the reality is, is like 90% of why these projects take so long is finances. Mm -hmm. So it's like planning that out. And then it sits and it dies, and now you got old shit that is outdated, and you're just... Yeah. It's yeah, rough. that's actually one of the things about building a, 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 a vehicle is the timeline in which you like it when you acquire your parts like say say you go and buy it like you, you get a screaming deal on a set of wheels or something for your dream car and you're like damn i gotta pick these up and you just started your project and you start doing okay now you're stripping it down to bare metal and you're starting your paint your whatever you know how it goes but like these wheels are gonna be fucking aged out by the time you're actually done your project <laughs> and you're like oh shit now i need new wheels and then we're talking finances again. Like, I mean, it's just, a, it's just, a, it's a vicious circle. You know, that's a really hard fucking thing to swallow. So that's why we talk about picking the right project car. Because some stuff like little Porsches and some hot rods and stuff like that, they're timeless. The stuff doesn't advance. Yeah. Like, but if you got a brand new car and you go tear it apart, it's going to be old news by the time you're done. Yeah. 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 
So it's, and then you're going to, yeah, be beaten down. The things half tore apart, which leads into like another part of the conversation that is like buying somebody else's project car. Yeah. No, try we to get that, ahead of the game. for another episode. We'll save it for we'll another save one. For another but episode. then it's like, that's what gets you distracted. Yeah, yeah. You do a whole bunch of stuff and you're like, oh, I can buy this one because it's further along than mine. And then now you got two piles of junk in the driveway. Yeah. And away it goes. It's like, and then it's just a huge amount of work. Mm-hmm. So I think you need to break it into pieces and like accomplish small goals before you carry on yeah because it's tough you you're dealing with it you do it every day <sighs> yep uh, that's it yeah it's and it's like constant roadblocks yes so it's like okay i can do this and then you're like, oh i need this fitting and it's no problem it's a six dollar fitting but it's like i gotta go you drive have to go to the store 25 to minutes get and get it and come back and burn a bunch of gas and waste a bunch of time mm-hmm. then you're on to the next piece and mm-hmm. it's like it can be yeah yeah. And you talk to anybody, how many guys do we know? And it's like, hey, how's your car coming? Oh, I just need this. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, why haven't you got it? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I get some money. I got to get, I just haven't had time. So that's why it's a lot of suck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely a big part of it, right? You know, the flip side of like going to drive and pick up your part or whatever, if you're lucky enough and you can, that's that's cool. That's That's, you know, a good option, but it takes you away from building something. Um, the other side of it is like, okay, maybe you order that part. Now you're waiting however long it takes to order Three that days, part. four days, yes. a week, two months. If you're lucky, right? If it's, if it's a thing that you can actually even order, that's, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But you're waiting and you're losing momentum on whatever project you're working on. And, I, and, and me as a builder, like when I, if, if, if I'm in a project and I'm like deep into it, I'm feeling the, I'm feeling the juices, the, the vibes are flowing and I'm making something that I think is awesome because we try to make awesome stuff. You know, if you if you have to stop because you re- reach a roadblock in it because you need a very specific part so that you can design and continue on. If you reach that point and you're like, I need this, but I have to wait, you know, however long it takes to get it. You know, if you have to stop that project mm. and then start another project and then try to find momentum in the next project, these are part of the things like in my mind that resonate deeply with me that's kind of like into that whole 90 percent suck thing because it's awesome making cool shit but it sucks when you have to stop making cool shit and start making something else cool and start again yeah or and here's another thing that tim and i talk about like in our whole career this is a thing like if you make something super awesome like you it looks like a piece of friggin jewelry mm-hmm. No matter how awesome it is, even if, if you made it all the way to the completion on it, if it's not the right thing for the project, like if it just somehow doesn't, you know, work well with the overall scope of the project, no matter how awesome it is, you need to take that awesome piece and essentially throw it in a scrapper. Hey, no. You know no, what I mean? I no, And then man. start over because yeah. it'll kill you. <laughs> because like, it's just, it's just not right. And, and. It's so awesome, you know, it's like a roller coaster, right? It's so awesome that you made this beautiful piece, you know, it could be small or huge, but if it's not right, you got to throw it out and then you got to start over again. And that fucking sucks. Yeah. I don't think I've gotten there yet. Like, I, I feel like I'm still married to, to the fact that when you make something, I don't know, I'm just married to it. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to make yeah, this work you regardless. You set it free <laughs> because then it just compounds and now you're trying to manipulate everything around that and it just mm. just 
Okay, so here's another here's here's another thing that kind of plays along with that. What if what if you know us as builders, designers, you know, we make this thing, we put it on the vehicle, we think it looks fucking glorious, and then our customer comes in and goes, eh. You know, it's beautiful, but what if we just change this little shape right here just a little tiny bit and you just like, no, no, not have to work. I was just like, literally, yo. I was, yo, no, I was just listening to a Roadster Shop pod, uh, video or podcast or something where they were talking of um, that same thing of it's like everyone has to have thick skin in a project. I you guess do. it they includes do. Yeah, yeah, the customer, yeah. the like the, the, cl- the customer slash client. You as the builder, everyone, the people working at the shop, yeah. have to, everyone has to have thick skin because when, for example, the customer says, ooh, I don't like this or something, you have to be willing yeah. to And be you're like, like, you think it's like the piece de resistance, right? You're like, oh, yeah, but you're in it. beautiful. Like, yeah. It happens between me and him all the time. It's happened between me and you. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> if you don't, you'll be devastated because like, there's simple things. Like, we just literally had a conversation about this. It's like, you could be struggling with it for two hours and I'll just walk up and be like, why don't you just do this? And you're just like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> and it sucks. You get deep into a and thing and like, you don't start think of, again. it could be either embarrassing or you're so heavily invested into what you're doing. And it's like, it's not malicious intent. Mm-hmm. It's just, you're so hyper-focused on it that you get a fresh set of eyes on it and like, man, that would be like, just, just a little bit. And you're just like, Ugh. no, man. <laughs> Yeah, let's see. No, that's it. But you have to be able to accept that criticism, and it might be coming from the white place because you're looking at it from right here. Yeah. And somebody else is looking come from it over here, and yeah. it's like, and then you're like, no, 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 come back here and look at what I'm looking at. And they're like, oh, okay. But cool. also, I feel yeah. like there's a limit to that, too, because even for the customer, like, they can't just be changing things that they want. Well, no, they can't. Oh, that, so that's, that's the part nature. of the suck part, right? Like, you know, like we, we have we, a project yeah. in the shop that's very much that mm-hmm. it's like he changes his mind every other day and you can't get momentum you can't get your head into that space and then we get other guys that are just like do your thing yeah and which comes with its own stresses too because you don't want to just do your thing with no input when somebody <laughs> yeah. else is paying for it yeah yeah, yeah. and then they're just kind of like mm, you know like I like it, but it's not exactly what I wanted. Yeah. So that's stressful too, because you don't want to be wasting anybody's time. And then there's other projects that we just won't do. Like if I'm not on your aesthetic, it's like I'm not interested in doing that. Mm. Yeah. So I'm not going to do it the justice that you're hoping that I'm and there's somebody else for that. Yeah. Because that'll ruin it too. You go spend a bunch of money and you get something you don't like. You're just like, Ugh. now you're going backwards. Yeah. And then that'll suck the life out of your project too. So, yeah. Yeah, that's horrible. You know, it's it's we're actually really fortunate now in in today's time where you know, we do have this digital space that we can play in. So a lot of that uh, sort of like that that missed missed communication visually, you know, through through like art renderings and and just things like that. You can we can tend to sort of mitigate a lot of those those sort of like design challenges or things like that, like right off the hop. Like you, yeah. can, you can come from a better place initially, but like, you know, back in the old days, like, you know, Tim and I, we would, we would like make wireframe, you know, sculptures and things like this to sort of help like bring sort of visual cues aside in real life for, for our customers to see before we like really committed to like the hardcore fabrication part. 
Because when you're shaping like, metal, so, sometimes that doesn't come across that's it. very it's well. Not like right? Play-Doh, <laughs> like you're getting some real hours into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like we we're we're fortunate enough now that we have the digital space that we can play in, and so it does help a lot. But it it kind of it it leaves a lot on the table as far as like some of the underlying things that you don't see. Mm-hmm. Like you know, usually when you see a render, like you see like the the skin of it. But it's like the under the, the under the under the things skeleton, w- you know, the skeleton yes. of it that actually makes it, you know, function. Or, yep. and, and like, you know, you try to make all of those things just as beautiful as the outside as well and functional. And, you know, and that's sometimes that's really hard to mm-hmm. how do you how do you bring that into the customer's vision without them seeing it in real life? Yeah. And then I also had a thought about. Like going back to the 10% or 10% awesome, 90% suck. How do you guys, I don't know, deal with that part? Because I'm sure whenever you're, you have an idea for a project, for example, let's do uh, your 190E um, Mercedes wide body, 1500 horsepower, all that stuff. Blah, 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 blah. But yeah, you, you, <laughs> you have um, an idea for it. But then going through the whole thing, it's constant grinding. It's constant doing all these things. But how do you keep that motivation of it's like, okay, it's going to be awesome in the end because that is very, very difficult. Like, Well, I think that's probably <laughs> one of the hardest parts is maintaining that vision in your head. Mm-hmm. And then not, I would say you have to commit like a, the G-Wagon guy. Yep. He had a very solid idea image in what he wanted to do and he didn't deviate like there's minor deviations mm-hmm. in the process but he had it locked in that's so, cool. so it was an easy goal to get to yep so we weren't trying stuff we knew what we needed to do mm-hmm. so the same as the my evo i've said it a million times like i started gathering parts for that thing for five years before i ever executed it but i had a very specific image in my head So I could work to that image. I knew what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. I wasn't just floundering, trying stuff. Like it was, I had a plan. So working each step of the plan is what got it through to the end. Obviously I had a tremendous amount of help with it, but it's like, okay, we have to do this. And then we have to do this. And like what Rob touched on earlier is like, I need this part to be able to design this. But there's a lot of times where it's like, don't go buy a bunch of shit and then try to form your project of what you've bought Mm -hmm. there's certain steps like okay we're going to build this and then we're going to see what will fit in here and then like this has to be this and then we'll find the solution for this problem so sometimes you have to create what you need to find out what you need Mm -hmm. because if you start doing this frankenstein stuff like oh i got a crazy deal on this and i got a crazy deal on this this goes back to the dino thing like oh i got a wicked deal on these i got eight thousand (laughs) dollar heads for like a thousand bucks yeah but now you don't have any of the stuff to go with it. And it's just compounds and like, oh, now I got to get this. Now I got to get this. I got to change this. And someone comes along and is like, that's not going to work with that. And you're like, oh, no. And then it's like you're going backwards and you got this mishmash of shit and a car that doesn't work good. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes stuff just isn't good. Like you buy it and you're like, you think it's good. And then you find out it's not good. Yeah. yeah. And then that's a kick in the nuts, too, because you spent real money on it. It's like my ECU. I spent a bunch of money on it. 
and now it's no good. I didn't know. I did all my, I thought I did everything I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then we have some crazy stuff, crazy high-end shit. And we got a call like, hey, we got to change this out of that because it's not working. So like even when you do your, you know, you do digital diligence. diligence and buy the best of the absolute best, sometimes there's little things that need to be fixed, mm-hmm. which is devastating because you're like, in your mind, it's like, I bought the absolute best of the best. Mm-hmm. I should not be having to deal with this. Yeah. And then it's, yeah, it's reality. So it's like all these, like I'll get an email thread. I got one yesterday about another project and you're just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, why? I don't need this now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm at the finish line, but it turned out to be something simple, and you appreciate that they reached out and res- told you about it before it became a problem. Yeah. Which is great. But I mean, there's lots of that kind of stuff. And you see it, no matter what you use, someone's going to tell you you're stupid. <laughs> like, you could get the best of the best. Like, you got, you know, pick something you wanted to buy. Like, I think we talked about seats. Someone's talking shit about the seats. This is like a cheap ass project that we're trying to keep cheap. So we we got a sponsor. The Euroho. The Euroho with like a reasonably priced seat. But if we went and bought some $12,000 race seats and put them in there, like you guys are an idiot. That thing's a piece of junk. Yeah. Why would you put, why would you do that? Mm -hmm. But then you get some inexpensive seats and it's like, you guys fucking suck because you're going (laughs) to die. Man, you can't win. Yeah. You can't win. So it is a lot of suck, especially when you allowed people into your bubble, Mm, because then that's another sucky part is like, I call it the council because, (laughs) and I've literally said it to customers. I was like, okay, if we're going to build this, we're going to build it to your plan, to your vision this is what I think we need. But if you're going to be constantly putting it before the council, like your circle of friends oh. and allowing them to manipulate your decisions based on a lack of knowledge, like, okay, if you have a guy that's like, you know, whatever, he's super, 100%, I'll be like, okay, cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. Let's do it. But if you're just asking your buddy that doesn't have anything or his car's a pile of shit and yep. you're going to take his because he wants to spend your money on your project and you let all that noise in, that's a lot of suck because yep. then you start getting frustrated and confused and you don't know what to do and you lose momentum because you don't want to do anything because everything you do is stupid. <laughs> it's like, that's why shit, like you're sometimes your best friends are your worst enemies. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a real problem, especially like these are, these are definitely big issues that we're faced with nowadays. Well, we're, we're actually quite a bit more experienced and smarter at sort of like vision or seeing who these people are right away. But like, People come to us and say, hey, we totally love your style. We want you to do your thing. Do your thing, man. I, I believe in you. But then, yeah, then they go and talk to all their friends and put it in front of their council. And, like, they come back and they're constantly changing shit all the time or, or adding other things. And you're like, well, I just, like, custom made all of mm. this shit to, to fit that particular thing to it. And it's not that simple for me just to change that one thing. Because that snowballs all into a whole bunch of other things. Like, and a lot of know. time it's easily dismissed just solely based on budget. Yep. It's like, this guy says uh, we should do this. What do you think about that? You're like, okay, well, it's $17,000. <laughs> oh, oh, do you want to spend that? Well, no, then you get this. Okay. Yeah. And then it's easy. So but- it's all up to the customer that like, regardless of how it turns out, like, you guys are doing something, but then the customer takes it before his friends and you guys have already spent insane amount of time doing this and they want to redo it again. So regardless of what you think or 
regardless of what you think, if the customer says, sure, I'll spend the money, then you guys change it? Or is there an element of, nah, we've we, you abandoned I, the idea? I think that that is one of those kind of things that sort of slides a little bit. Like more often than not, nah, we'll just stick to our, we'll stick to our guns. Like we believe in what we've done. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like a, you know, like if it's going to elevate the project to a different level, yeah. then, you know, if you're willing to pay for us to do what you asked us to do mm-hmm. and then now you want to do change the scope of the project and you're willing to pay for it it sucks but yeah we'll do it mm. yeah but if it's something just you know a lot of times you just like way too often doesn't make sense like yeah. maybe save that for the next one mm-hmm. because we only have half of what you're trying to do right now yeah so it's like and a lot of times it's things that they want to do you're like well this isn't a track car so why would we do that well, well this guy says this is way better it's like yeah, it is way better, but it's you're never going to be using it like that. So mm-hmm. why spend the money on it? And why change all these other things when it's not within the scope of what you told us you wanted? And it's simple things like, why wouldn't you put Olin shocks in this? Like, well, I don't necessarily need Olin shocks in a 69 Skylark. But, you know, if you want to buy them, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Like, But if that's going to take away from something else that needs to be done from your car, your budget's going to come up short. So whatever you want to add... That goes on top. That doesn't come in like I'm not taking away from what it takes to actually build this car so you can have some crazy shocks Mm -hmm. because some guy put them in his, I don't know, four, five, eight or something. I don't know. But yeah, it's all those sort of things are like and it's constant roadblocks, like throwing up roadblocks like, oh, now we got to get this. Now we got this. And then it's like the momentum starts to fade. Mm -hmm. And it's next thing you know, it's sitting Cause like, well, I didn't want to do that until you came and saw this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's just, yeah. So we're we're, we're kind of like we lean a lot more towards business because we've been doing this now for a fucking long time. You know, we we've managed to get a lot of experience and learned a lot of things, a lot of really hard things to learn without being firsthand experience. But like, for a DIY guy in their garage, I mean, that that whole council thing that we're talking about. That that will probably tend to break most project cars. I mean, you could go on online and look up project cars for sale, and it's fucking like thousands of pages of them, you know. And, and it's like a lot of the times it's because of things like that. Like if 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 you're in a project and you're you're deep into it, and all of a sudden somebody suggests something and you, and you just like it's devastating to you because you just work so hard to accomplish it, you know that that will make you lose momentum and it'll make you lose the the whole love affair of of why you're even doing it in the first mm-hmm, place mm-hmm. like i mean so that's that's a real that's a very real thing that sucks you know in in that respect like if you if you're deep into something that you truly love and then you lose momentum on it and you're just automatically you hate it mm. and you're like i'm never want to do this again like yeah and, and like, i think that's the most toxic part of this whole community and we see it in our comments all the time it's like People have a tremendous amount of respect for the do-it-yourselfer guy that's doing it cheap until he does it. And then once he's done it, it's like, that's fucking junk. Why didn't you just, like, Elvis, why are you messing around with this? Why don't you just put a Wegner motor in it? Mm. And you're like, well, a Wegner motor is (laughs) $30,000 is why I'm, of course we all want to do that. So then they try to make you feel stupid for trying to do it within your means, your budget, your timeline. And I hope that we don't ever do that. Like anytime I'm offering you advice, I'm trying to give you an easier way to do it or maybe a more efficient way. 
So, but I'm never just like, why don't you just buy this? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Unless it's a smarter solution to what you're doing. Then it's like, you could just buy this for $200 or spend the 14 hours of you grinding and hammering and doing all these things. And then most of the time you're like, oh, yeah, I should do that. Yeah. But it's like when you get some guy that's just telling you to casually spend $10,000 on something that doesn't suit your build. It's yeah, it sucks. It's like it feels like a kick in the nuts. Like, why did you do that? And a lot of times you're like, because uh, it's what I could afford, which is yeah. a, it's a completely reasonable answer to the question. But it's like super valid. Yeah, like, like dude, shit's this shit is expensive, man. Mm-hmm. It's really expensive. Yeah, like it's like also like kind of like culminating of what we've been talking about from bringing it before the council and and um what's it called like offering ideas of oh do it this way so i'm doing an ls swap jag uh another ls swap jag but we'll not talk about the previous one but this white one now it's uh, a case in point i was working on like i'm still working on the fuel system trying to make it uh function and i was trying to integrate a bunch of the old jag stuff with the new with like i wanted to pretty much make an an kind of like make a hybrid an system and make the old jag system work because it had a surge tank i think it had a surge tank but the way everything was routed and done just made things kind of way more complicated than i needed Mm -hmm. to be but i was almost dead set on doing that uh, but then Tim was like, oh, why don't you just get rid of all this stuff and just make uh, use compression fittings and adapt everything? And it's it, it pretty much make it easier. But I was like, no, nah, I just wanted it to be more original or more <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I had the thought in my mind. And I and there was also the thought of because, yeah, so some someone at the shop also said, uh, oh, you just make a new or buy a new fuel tank and just yeah. It. And so I was like, oh my god, this is so. It was just way more than I. I was like, okay, I'm just. We'll see what happens. I'll go with my idea. But upon thinking, and I was like, yeah, it's probably gonna be easier just to take out this whole instead of making the old system and all that complicated jag stuff work. Just take most of it out. Take out that whole surge tank system and just make it a direct connection from the fuel tank to fuel filter to uh, fuel pumps and everything and it's so much easier now and there's so much more space to work and i'm like oh my gosh thank god i just i decided to eliminate you saw the light i know (laughs) you had some clarity right yes and so that was huge yeah this is a thing elvis i mean because you're like pretty new to building cars like you're learning you know, we'll come in and be like, yo, dude, just get rid of all that shit. Like, it's just complicated and for no reason. A lot, a lot of cars, have, car stuff has evolved. Yes. A long ways since, you know, the year, the, you know, when that car was manufactured. So it's like, just get rid of that shit, man. Like, you can keep the fuel cell and everything stock, but like, yeah, just eliminate unnecessary bullshit. Yeah. But I kind of wanted it because I was like, yo, search tank is sick. It, uh, yeah, it's it a race sick. car, man. Yeah, Come make on. it work, but it's yeah. just for what your purpose is. Is like, is are you going drifting? Do you nope. plan on tracking I mean, this car? You never know. Would, <laughs> would it even function well in that situation, anyways? What year is this Jaguar? You never know, man. It's a nineteen seventy-two so like, or seventy-six, I think. So that's just one of those kind of things. So like, that's you. You kind of experienced firsthand right there. You got invested in your project, trying yep. to trying to make the most of what was 
do your your hybrid conversion, use all the Jag stuff as possible, and then you've you know you got deep into it and you realize this is bullshit. I'm gonna have to change my path a little bit, and then you had to go backwards just a little tiny bit. Yeah, just but, just to be able to simplify your life. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that kind of that's that's like. It was it was awesome, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, fuck, this sucks, I like, man. <sighs> I got to start over. Mm-hmm. But I think the solution that you went with is the best for the car, mm. because the problem with like the casual, like just put a new fuel cell in it. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's right? ridiculous. Like it's it would be easier for you. It was one hundred percent. But now you got to go gas station, pop the trunk. Yeah, it's and a then thing. to me, as soon as I see that. It's like a cop Jank. out to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a cop out. Like this is probably some shitty swap mm. and he did everything the easiest, cheapest possible way and it devalues the car. Yeah. Interesting. So it's like now it looks proper. You can use the filler hole. You can do all the things and it didn't really take that much more work. No. Whereas doing that is like, yeah, it's, it's a cop out to me. Every time I see that, I'm just like, no. Really? Right. Yeah. I mean, because oh, like okay. to, to commit to doing like an, uh, like an aftermarket fuel. So like on this note, if you did an aftermarket fuel cell, you did all that kind of stuff. You could totally do that. You could, you could totally make it so you don't have to pop your trunk and fill your thing. Yeah. yeah. Most people don't, don't do that. that the, extra the level of commitment to doing that kind of swap is way higher like Mm -hmm. they're like nah it's cool man just pop Pop the trunk instead of like making a new hose to make it a little bit more oem like we talked this oem plus sort of upgrade sort of this is a thing this is real but it costs a lot more money to accomplish that and it's way more of a headache so in your situation it's just smarter realistically for what advantage Yeah, yeah yeah like a fuel cell is not any more Generally, you're putting a smaller fuel cell in so that you can hold less fuel so your car is lighter if you're actually intending to use a fuel cell for track use, Mm -hmm. this and that, safety, packaging. Yeah. But for yours, why why wouldn't you want to carry as much gas as you can? True. Very true. And the packaging is already done. It's perfect. It looks great. Yeah. So what's the advantage to doing that in your situation? So that's the planning thing. It's like, yeah, of course I want a racing gas tank. But it looks like shit in your car. Mm. Like it doesn't suit the aesthetic of what it's supposed to be and what your intended purpose is. Yeah. So it's like that's one of those things where it's like, yeah, put a fuel cell in it. And then it changes the entire aesthetic of your car. Yep. And it's just, yeah, it's that's the council thing. Yeah. yeah. Don't go to the council. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and that and that's definitely like when you start thinking about all these new parts and all the things that are available out there in the aftermarket, like there's a lot it, of really cool shit available. And it's exciting. And like it's too. really exciting. Like, oh, and that and that definitely so. lends itself into this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Like who doesn't love that? Of course. We love getting p- new packages, you know, delivered cracking open boxes pulling things out shiny new bits that's awesome but when it's time it to feels do the work really good yeah it's a huge but amount then of putting work. it in there now okay now you're now you're going into the 90 yeah, like, percent like this is the part that sucks. sucks like i actually have to make this universal thing work fit, for my application you know and like we talk about packaging on occasion like packaging of things in a project is the part that really sucks. Yep. Like it's it, it creates the snowball effect of, of modifications that need to be done. And if you, you know? think about and take a moment to realize the things that you are looking at that really make a huge visual impact to you, 
it's almost 90% packaging all the time. Yes. Uh-huh. Like, but you don't recognize it. But the amount of time and effort that goes into packaging in some of these cars is what makes those cars what they are. So true. And yeah, you look and at like, it and you're just like, oh man, the hours, everything's perfect and it fits. But then you, at the opposite end is you see a car that's had no time put into packaging. It's like, boom, fuel cell in the middle of the trunk. <laughs> Roll cage, you can't get in and out of the car. Race seats, the headrest is touching the ceiling. And like all this type of stuff where they didn't take the time to fit it properly to the vehicle it looks like hell yeah you're just like crashing through you're like fucking oh yeah let's do yeah, this yeah, shit yeah. man fucking toss it in there it's awesome you got a fuel pump and then hanging you down below the it. fuel rail like holy <laughs> shit this thing's gonna catch on fire yeah. yeah like you have all these and it looks like hell it looks yeah. like hell yeah. And, and so a lot of people don't put time into that part of the build. And so that's what, yeah, it makes them not look good but going back to the like the, the topic too it's like a lot of people kind of like bail when it's getting to that suckage part and just it's a cop out like they just be like okay i'm just gonna make this as easy for myself as possible and ignore the fact that i'm like if i want to do this well i actually have to put in the amount of time that's required to make this packaging look glorious well i i don't think a lot of people put enough real effort into like the packaging of serviceability mm-hmm. you know like you think it, what that actually represents like if you put some stuff in there and it's now in front of something else that you need to get, you know, you know, get your hands on on occasion, like as a, like a fuse box, as an example. Like if you <laughs> if you throw a fuse box on a firewall, okay, so you're at the beginning phase of your build. You got to open firewall. Your your interior is all full, gutted out. You know, I got this this giant space. I'm gonna put a fuse box. Boom, right here. And you're like, damn, that looks good. You do all your wiring. It looks looks kick ass. And all of a sudden, oh shit. Now I want to put an AC compress, you know, unit into this car because I got or, a killer deal on one. I found it on my, I found it on Marketplace or whatever. I got I want to put a stereo in it, and you just realize like, oh shit! I put my fuse box right in an area where <laughs> now my stereo and my AC, you know, HVAC unit is like it's con- it's conflicting, and like okay, maybe you were managed to like somehow package it in there, but. Now you have a, a little, you know, a little bit of electrical troubleshooting to do or whatever, because I mean, this things happen. It's a car, and you can't even reach the fuse box, or even see you can't the fuse even box. barely freaking yeah. see it, right? Like, <laughs> so there's so many issues in that, and like now all of a sudden, like it's all the way to the suck side. Like this absolutely sucks. Used all great stuff. You got great deals on it. You were riding a roller coaster high. Like this is freaking awesome. But now it fucking sucks, and I hate this car. I never mm. want to work on it again. Yeah. Park it over there in the corner, and I'll just—it's dead to me. Mm. That's a very good point. Also, going off topic a little bit. Speaking about fuse boxes, <laughs> I needed to change the fuse box and or one of the fuses in my E90 uh, BMW. The uh, spark plug, one of the spark plug—not spark plug—the um, what do they call the cigarette lighter, like the 12 volt, whatever. And I was like, okay, it kind of went out. So I was like, I need to change this thing. Do you know where the fuse box is? In the BMW? Yes. It's probably someplace stupid. Underneath the the driver's seat or something? Inside the glove box. Like, but it's inside inside. So you can't even reach it almost at all. Like, you have to like, yeah, it's like inside the glove box, but it's not just inside. It's like 
inside or like past the glove box. So you have to take off a cover at the end of the glove box. So you're trying to reach it with like fingers and it's like, it's a whole thing. And I couldn't even, one of the fuses fell into like a panel. I don't know where it is. <laughs> and it's like, I don't <laughs> There's a spare in there now something Just rattling and all of that. And I'm like, why would you choose to put a fuse box that deep into where you, it's not serviceable. Yeah. Speaking of, I'm like an OEM that's made cars for almost a hundred years or over a hundred years should know better than this. Yeah, anyway. but I think uh, dealership service sort of is built into the engineering of those cars. Yeah, and so they have to take off the whole dashboard. Yeah, just they to want get you to, to take it to box. the dealer. So you're going to look <laughs> and like, no. Can you imagine? Oh, oh my god! So I think those service visits are like built into their plan. Yeah. They're so not going to make it easy for you. Yeah, just a little rant, but that was something that like ground my gears so much. I was like, come well, on. Well, Elvis, it sucks to be you. I <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, when I do my body swap for yeah. my, my, my Jag and cut a body off, I will relocate that fuse box instantly. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what Top happens. Top of the list. I know. <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah. I, th I think we, we discussed mostly the, the logistical problems yep. that make up part of this 90%. Yeah. I don't think we really addressed that just a lot of this stuff is just dirty, shitty, <sighs> yeah. terrible work. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks. Like it literally sucks. Yeah. Like, like you should you should toss in like a like a clip or something of when we were needle scaling the G-Wagon frame. Oh my gosh. You remember remember yeah. that cuz you, you can't you can't it's forget dirty. that right away. Like, no. It, it took us fucking all day long. To yeah. needle scale the whole frame, the diffs, you know, we're talking every nook and cranny yep. to get this heavy rust off. And this is a real part of what building cars kind of is. Yeah. It's very dirty. There's noise like the, the yeah, needle scaler brutal. is everywhere. You're cutting brackets off. There's it's metal hot, shavings everywhere. Sharp. It's dangerous. Yeah, it's hot. <laughs> yes. yeah. And it's like, I, I got accused of it yesterday by our customer because I was like, yeah, we'll just make that. And it's like... We're not all you, so I can't just make that. But sure, that's great. But it's like you get it's if you can't make it, that's a roadblock for you. Yes. So it's like you got to, you know, there's a lot of things that you got to accept that maybe you can't do. Yeah. Yeah. It is so, so, so annoying because, again, like we were talking about, again, going back to this, to, to the an original topic, it's like you see it in the or the at the end of the product, it like looks glorious but all the amount of time that it took and energy and love and pain and sweat that it took to get to the finish point yeah. is so much. And it, and it, a lot of times it gets overlooked. And so that's also- There's a lot of things that get overlooked. I have a little project here for a friend that his friend bought a welder and just <laughs> was gonna weld it up for him because welding's easy, it's a piece of cake. We've all seen it. You can Rat poo everywhere. There's oh, just... man. <laughs> and it's like, that's another one of those things that will hold up your project because you thought it was going to be easy. So you went and bought this thing and now you don't know how to use it. And it's like, there's just so many levels that can make it suck. And then most of yeah. it's your own fault. Yeah, I did that. The same yeah, thing. I bought a like cheap a, welder. I was like, oh, I, oh can, yeah, I'll just weld it. I can weld these things. Nope, the welds didn't hold together. It was a disaster. <laughs> There's like splatter everywhere. So oh, gosh. in your mind, yep. in that moment, it's like, okay, I got to weld up these floor pans, these rust holes. I'm going to build a roll cage. This thing is going to be sick. 
and then your first weld is like <laughs> and then it's like booger all, booger booger all these things fall off the list immediately like <laughs> oh no i'm not going to be able to do any of those things yeah and it's like without mm-hmm. you know and so that's like the four-year time like oh i gotta go learn maybe ask some questions do a bunch of practicing before i can even attempt some of those things but some people don't mm-hmm. and that was a whole nother podcast they're like yeah. nope this is going to be good enough yeah. yeah 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 it definitely lends itself into the timeline for sure like if you're if you're just trying to figure it out on the go yeah. you know the first time out yeah you're gonna have to fucking come to grips with the reality that you're gonna end up you know grinding and making sparks and redoing things a lot more yeah and and that's really really gonna suck mm-hmm. it does like suck. it it's not a good time yeah. You know, I've if, seen I've seen Elvis look around after doing something because he'll do it and then like <laughs> who's watching anybody okay. see who's me? Watching? No, I didn't see this. Okay. <laughs> well, this was just the practice one. Yeah, and I'm it's like, all like not looking. I here. saw you. <laughs> Don't look, man. I saw you, Elvis. <laughs> what are you doing yeah, over there? Oh my like, gosh! Don't look! Don't look! This thing <laughs> but, looks terrible. What you doing? But again, in the comments, it's like if you can't do all those things yourself. You suck, and you're mm. not a car enthusiast. Oh, yeah. So there's a here's another kick in the nuts because you're like, I busted my ass. I'm trying to learn. I'm doing these things, but I can't do this. I might have to get somebody else to do this particular part because it doesn't make sense for me to be wasting my time on it. But then if you do that, you suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're mm. like, Ugh, man, I got to figure this out. And then it's like if you have the fortitude to do it, it's just takes its time, man. And I yeah. think the time thing is just what makes it all suck because if you can break it into pieces like okay i'm gonna do all the rust repair and then i'm gonna take a moment to revel in my accomplishment like, yes i did yes. this and then i'm gonna come back and i'm <laughs> gonna do this and then it's it doesn't suck so like our transition because we know is like i would say we've reversed it so now it's like okay we commit we know we got to get all the suck out of the way right away so yes. let's get all the cutting grinding blasting wax and grease remover undercoating let's get that shit out of the way and then it moves it's all good yes but that's getting to that point and accepting that and knowing how to package the suck right away it's tough man it's tough it's yeah. hard because it's like it feels like all suck yeah even actually specifically talking about all of the grease remover all of that stuff when i was prepping my engine my ls engine to go into the jag disaster it was rusty i had left it under a field for like months or like a year and so it was really bad rust and all of that stuff and initially honestly i planned to just put it i was like when i saw this i was like i should clean this but i'm just gonna put it in the car i don't care it's too much work and then boy we're like nah just clean it or just i mean it'll gonna it's gonna look nice and i didn't know how much work it was gonna take but it took <laughs> me probably after work almost every day a month of just making sure everything was clean and was nice refinishing things and a lot of those times i was like i am done with this stupid engine i'm just gonna set a dynamite in it and blow it up and never think about it again but i was like i'm just gonna see what happens at the end i was like okay it's gonna look sick it's i remember look that sick. elvis i remember that oh, you, you, you struggled with that a little bit freaking suck but you saw it through yes and oh. now what's the final result i do not regret it 
at all. Exactly. But also, I have also decided because I bought that motor for like 600 bucks. And I was like, next time, I'm not going to go buy the cheapest motor ever. Yeah. And be like, because it was from a southern or northern state. So it was full. It was already rusty before I got it. That's because we're older now. So I was like. So your time becomes worth something. Yes. So you're like, next time, I'm going to spend maybe 1500 Yes. Because I don't want to be doing this for a month. (laughs) Yes. Well, maybe I'll get an aluminum block. That'd be. I know. (laughs) Yes. I know. All of a sudden, that seems cheaper. Yes. No. Yeah. But no, these these are the experiences that you have. Like this, when when you go through the experience and you experience the ninety percent suck, ten percent awesome thing, like you start you you tend to sort of realize what choices you need to make and 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 how you can sort of try to shift the balance. Like Tim kind of talked about it a little bit. Like for us now in business, it's it's not ninety percent suck anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, it's actually not 90% suck because because we're so much smarter at how we approach the projects. I, I would say that it's more like 50-50 or, or even even more in, in favor of being awesome. Yeah. You know? I would and say like, on personal projects, I would say it's like 10% suck, 90% <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. But when it's a customer project, there's all kinds of other layers to yes. it that make it suck a little bit. So... Well, yeah, it, it's, Which makes it, it it's a challenge. It's a challenge when you like, if you have to like say creatively hold yourself back a little bit because maybe you're doing something towards what your customer's aesthetic, not necessarily their aesthetic, but what their desire is. Yep. And you can sort of help to sort of like guide them along the path of making the right choices so that their aesthetic matches, you know, what's, what's reality and what's mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. going to be cool. Yeah. Uh, or work fucking really well. Yes. Um, you learn these things with experience. Yeah. Awesome. So you got to put in a lot of suck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when you're working on your own projects, you don't have to navigate that. So then no, it's like, sometimes you still do. You, you don't have to navigate other people's decisions oh, no, 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 for no, no, you. No, 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 You know, like you don't have to be, you, you don't have to, you're, you're, you're your own counsel. Yes. You know, yeah. but, but we in our shop, we're a pretty small shop. I mean, you know, each and every one of us, we all have our own personal projects we all, you know, we all work towards, you know, our own creative outlet in whatever that is. And like, we all ask each other, you know, hey man, I'm up, a, I'm up, I'm up against a wall right now in my, in my project. What, do, what do you think I should do? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and like, that's because we all kind of like respect one another's decisions. We work well together. Mm-hmm. We still talk a lot of shit. But. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. <laughs> but I mean, that's just part of it, right? It's like, nah, yeah. that sucks, bro. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, don't do that. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah. Anything oh shit. Else? I never thought about that. Cause like how oh, Tim okay. was saying, he's like, he was like, you know, if you're looking at it really, really closely and then somebody else can see it from like way far away, they, they might be like, hey, man, that sucks. <laughs> like, damn it. Damn yeah. it. Damn <laughs> it. Because you're sitting there. I don't want it to suck. Yeah, I'm I so know. invested. Focusing and trying to convince yourself that you like it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's And it. if you have to do that, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. coming to that point where it's like, you're like, yeah, yeah. If immediately you're get thoughts. rid of it. Just yeah. get rid of it because yeah. it sucks. Because you should be able to put it down, walk away, and like look at it from from like distance when you're walking. Away and be like, damn, that's cool, man. Like I'm yeah. stoked at what I did. That's that makes me that fires me up. Like we talk about this. Yeah, like that fires me up. Or oh, there's something there's something not right. Yeah, it's almost like like uh, talk like doing custom 
or like buying a car of when you, I think you mentioned it last week or two weeks ago, but it's like, if you look back at it and it looks glorious yeah, and you're like, yeah, that's when you know you got to win. Right. For sure, yeah. Right? But if not, you're like, ah, yeah, if you got to tilt your head and squint, <laughs> yeah, you're throwing garbage. Yeah. 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 Or yeah. sell it. Cause yeah. nobody else is doing that. They're looking at it straight on and like, that looks, why, why do you think he did that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's probably one of those, uh, couple of couple of you know sacks of beer kind of in the thing you know? yeah, well we go car shows oh, we do it why. all the time yeah oh, how then many, you see how the owners like what are they looking that? at like, you know what we're looking at what's up <laughs> oh my yeah, god it's fun though anything else i don't think so nah. sweet awesome we will see you guys next week if you guys uh liked this video slash podcast uh be sure to leave a thumbs up leave five stars and uh catch you next week bye bye